Hey, welcome to this conversation. This is Andy Mason, and uh, I have in, well, this is not a studio, this call with me, Benji Nolot. Benji's a friend, and he leads a company called Exodus Cry, and I want you to hear the stories of what they're doing in the world today and, and getting significant results in this battle against trafficking and human exploitation today, 2022. Some phenomenal results, but let's just go back a step and just say, Benji, thank you so much for taking the time to join me in this recording. Uh, and could you just introduce yourself in terms of uh, what is Exodus Cry and uh, what's your role with this company? And then we're gonna jump straight into some of the results and then the backstory. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Andy. It's really an honor. Uh, I started Exodus Cry about 15 years ago to focus on the issue of sex trafficking. So growing up, I had a real, felt like a real call to the arts. I had a scholarship to the Art Institute of Southern California, ended up opting to go the route of film. And in 2007, I discovered this issue of human trafficking. And when I discovered that, I felt like my, this, this issue kind of married these two passions. One, for, you know, to help address the issue of sex trafficking. Um, and on the other, to combine that with my work in film. And that's really how kind of things got started with Exodus Cry, which has grown over the last 15 years into um, what I believe is a very formidable force in the world, addressing the issue of sexual exploitation in a number of different fronts. So most recently, some of you may have heard in the news, maybe you, I know you've heard this story, Andy, that uh, Visa, MasterCard, and Discover have severed their ties with the world's largest porn company, MindGeek, and some of their subsidiary companies like Pornhub, and essentially they own 90% of all online pornography. They have severed the these companies' ability to advertise, which is 50% of their revenue. And um, so what we're currently seeing just in the work that we're doing is, is pretty profound. I, I'm just loving that. So I hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, I'm, I'm fighting trafficking. I want to get involved with that. The difference is you're actually doing something and seeing results. So to hear that companies of that size are paying attention um, is profound. So number one is well done. Thank you. And number two is, I mean, how, tell me a little bit about what does the work of Exodus Cry do and how did you get this level of results where the number one company promoting the exploitation of, of women in porn, promotion of porn, effectively the funding stream of that is being cut off and they're going to shrivel up and die. How did that even, how do you do that? How did that happen? Yeah. Well, we, uh, Exodus Cry as an organization, we combat uh, commercial sexual exploitation, human trafficking um, in two primary ways through our abolition work. It's our work to kind of, you know, pull it up by the root, bring an end to it. And, and we, we address that side of it through social and legal reform. And then we do the intervention and outreach work was all the work that we do to, to bring people out of those situations of exploitation, a system in their path to recovery. So you know, just considering the, the work that we're doing on the abolition side, we really took inspiration from William Wilberforce and his fight to end slavery during the 1800s. Um, 
there during that time, uh, as when slavery was, was the transatlantic slave trade was prominent, the pro-slavery movement had erected this cover narrative about slavery that caused society to either uh, openly approve of slavery and promote it, or just kind of tacitly accept it as, as part of our society. Well, Wilberforce, through his encounter with different individuals, abolitionists, discovered the, the real palpable injustice that slavery was. So he saw the deeper truth of, of what was actually going on. Now, he felt like at that time, oh my God, if I just you know tell parliament what's going on, we'll, we'll abolish this right away. Yeah. So he went out and he developed this legislation to abolish slavery. He told Parliament this is what's going on. And they basically laughed him out of the room. And at that moment, he realized that he, he could not end the system of slavery until he had shifted the mindset that fueled it. So for the next 46 years, he spent he made a very aggressive effort to shift the locus of thought and the mass consciousness of society regarding the issue of slavery, exposing society to the deeper truth, displacing the cover narrative of what this actually is, that eventually then opened the doors for the legislation to that abolished slavery throughout the British Empire, emancipated the slaves. So when Eric Metaxas talks about Wilberforce in his book that he wrote, Amazing Grace, which is a great biography on Wilberforce, he said the thing that made him the greatest reformer in the history of the planet is not that he vanquished slavery it's that he vanquished the mindset that permitted slavery for millennia yeah. so that's a huge part of the work that we do on the abolition side of this equation is is work the social reform work it's raising awareness it's it's ex, it's exposing people to the deeper truth of what's really going on displacing the cover narrative of of the commercial sex industry that that wants to promote um, you know, prostitution and, and pornography as something sexually liberating and empowering. And, and so, so our work is to expose the deeper truth of, of what this system actually is, what's actually going on in order to shift mindsets to pave the way for impact in, in laws and, and different forms of social impact. With regards to what's happening now with, uh, as you mentioned, Pornhub and their parent company, MindGeek, is uh, the result of a campaign that we started at the beginning of 2020 called Trafficking Hub. And this campaign was taking issue with Pornhub's model for distributing pornography. So basically, uh, is it okay if I jump into this? Or you yeah. want to? Yeah, go yeah. Okay. So basically what happened is, is, um, porn, is Pornhub had created this user-based upload model of pornography hosting and, and distributing this, this content to the masses, but they didn't have any kind of effective moderation system. So videos of real abuse, trafficking, rape, revenge porn, um, child exploitation, all kinds of videos of non-consensual videos, um, videos of real crimes were being uploaded. And then those videos were being monetized through ads and then they made it virtually impossible for people who were trying to get those videos taken down. They made it extremely difficult to get the videos taken down. So essentially Pornhub had become a crime scene. Pornhub was a site that was infested with criminal level videos and nobody was doing anything about it. This is the most profound thing to me. 
um, is, you know, so many times in my own observation of situations where there's, you know, exploitation happening, it's just happening because nobody's done anything to stop it. Because good people are silent. This passive majority that simply, I think it's between three to 15% of any population, that's all it takes to change the narrative of what is okay and what is not okay. And so what I'm hearing is like, you kind of suddenly, that this is not okay. The difference, Benji, is that you did something. This film guy, this arts guy suddenly has this moment in his life where he's like, I have this mission in life, just like Wilberforce did. And you realize I, I can't just wave a sign and say, you shouldn't do this. There's a narrative that people have bought into that's made it okay. And then there's a funding mechanism that's yeah. empowering it and it's getting exactly. this massive cycle. Exactly. And so how did you then dismantle this? Like, what did you do to practically say, hey, people, this is not okay. And you're just some Californian yeah, yeah. film yeah, guy. Yeah. 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 Well, I, just to your point, I think, I think you're either an activist or you're an inactivist. And I think there's enough issues currently facing us in our world where we, we all need to be activated into the work of helping to make the world a better place. The way I think about it is that every decision that I make is voting for the kind of world I want my children to inherit. Really good. And, and so that fuels, guides, compels um, the work that I'm doing to address pornography. Um, this, the world's largest porn site had become, as I said, a, a, a crime scene infested with all of, all of these videos. It was exploiting so many people's lives. And there's a recurring trauma to those that are uh, the victims of these videos appearing online. And, and that side of it is horrible. And so, um, so for us, we felt like the first thing is just to expose what's happening. Yeah. I have a colleague that had done a deep investigation of Pornhub. She wrote an op-ed for the Washington Examiner called It's Time to Shut Down Pornhub, unpacking uh, everything that they were doing and everything that was happening with their site. And um, that article went viral and partly because Pornhub had endeared themselves to the culture. They had projected themselves as this cheeky pop culture, chic kind of brand. They had ads in Times Square. They were at New York Fashion Week. They have an apparel line and they were trying to make porn something integrated into the culture that would remove the stigma and just make it something that's, oh, this is all just socially acceptable. And we all, you know, we can, porn can be a part of all of our lives and look how great this is. And we're all sexually liberated and empowered. And the reality was, there's so many videos on their site of people being raped. There are people underage, non-consensual videos. So, so when we took aim at them, I think it really struck a nerve in the culture of like, oh my God, I've been led to believe that this is this, but it's actually this. That's why I talk about displacing the cover narrative with the deeper truth. And, um, and so my work as a documentarian is inherently tied in with that reality of how, trying to help bring people below the level of consciousness where they live their normal lives and help them to see something that creates a paradigm shift and a transformational experience to change their way of being in the world. Yeah. And, um, and when this article went out, it struck a nerve. 
went viral and we launched a petition out of that to shut down Pornhub. And that petition quickly got 2 million signatures. Wow. Um, yeah, 2 million signatures. And so, which, you know, is, is massive for a, a petition. And, uh, and so out of that, we launched this short animated video called, uh, it was about basically about this story of trafficking um, going on on Pornhub. And, uh, and that video was, is one of the most viral videos of all time, got 33 million views wow. across our social platforms. Um, and then uh, that connected us with Nick Kristoff, a journalist from the New York Times who wrote a piece called The Children of Pornhub. When that came out, we, it kind of, it, it, again, once again, opened up the story to, to a, a much larger audience. And, uh, and then we put forth our demands that Pornhub remove the download feature, that they get rid of all the, the non-verified um, videos on their website, a, a whole list of things. And, um, and to our shock and amazement, Pornhub began to actually uh, respond to some of these things. So they deleted 80% of their website. Wow. Um, the, the credit card companies, the major credit card companies, Discovery, MasterCard, and Visa pulled out so you could no longer use a credit card to access the pornography on the site. That was uh, roughly 50% of their revenue, the other 50% coming from these ads. So they drop 80% of their content, which mm -hmm. it was predominantly illegal content to start with. Number two, they there's a immediate i'm just listening to the shrewd approach of how to go about something that this is not okay it is not okay so i can't just say it's not okay then how do i go about that in a shrewd way which wilberforce did in the abolition of society which now today a few hundred years he's like of course but back then it was the same thing there was this narrative that clouded people's thinking they thought it was okay. It's like, no, this is not okay. These people being killed, taken advantage of. And so one, this direct, that's not okay. This is illegal. They're going to stop that. Number two, it dried up the funding because of social pressure on these big companies. Then tell me more. Yeah, it was really remarkable to see the, the kind of substantive changes that, that were beginning to happen. I mean, the download feature on their website, removing that, it, I mean, it, it disrupted their entire model for how they became what they were. And so, um, so we were obviously encouraged by these developments. And then a number of lawsuits have been um, uh, launched against them. Um, just one company, one legal firm has... I think 70 plus lawsuits, individual lawsuits going against Pornhub. So they are, so uh, about a month- From individuals ago, that were exploited. Correct, yeah. Uh, they're, uh, so about a month ago, their CEO and their COO stepped down. There's rumors that about 70% of their staff were laid off. And then last week, uh, Visa, MasterCard and Discover said, you, you, we're not gonna facilitate advertisements to be on any of your sites either. So just to quantify the impact of that, again, MindGeek owns 90% of all online pornography. Um, so Visa, MasterCard, and Discovery made this huge decision to sever their ability to 
advertise for advertisers to advertise in their sites, which is again, 50% of their revenue stream. So this is a massive development that has just occurred. And um, yeah, we're, we're really encouraged by seeing what's happening. So firstly, well done, congratulations. That's in terms of your mandate and what you're doing as a company, uh, the results are in there astounding. Now, the context of that, that's, that's a lot of time. Uh, a lot of, I'm not sure if you're eating uh, noodles just to survive for a period of time and now things are starting to move. So that just that hard work to get where you have today and the persistence and saying, this is not okay, this is not okay. And refusing to change the subject and being shrewd and how you go about that. So number one, thank you. Yeah. Uh, secondly, is you've got something that's, before we jump into the behind this, like how did, how did a film guy end up doing this? Just, I want people to hear that you can do this too. For people that are thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm inactive. I'm, I'm, and my inactivity is actually propelling or enabling the problem. Mm. So saying nothing means you're part of the problem like silence is not okay so being active that's i want to see but then how do we do that so we're going to come back to that but there's a second thing so benji there's a big launch happening next week i want you to tell us about that and then what i want us to do is go behind the scenes and we'll come back to uh, I, I want everybody on this call to better really understand here's how to engage and be active now, whether that's in this cause or not, it doesn't matter, but to be active and to say, my silence is enabling the problem. So I can no longer be silent, but then there's ways. So, you know, this journey of how a film producer, documentary guy gets to be influencing Visa and MasterCard and discovery and affecting a massive industry that's exploiting people is profound but let's first touch on what is happening next week and what's your hopes and dreams of that sure so next week we launch a new documentary called beyond fantasy i had uh investigated the porn industry over a period of time making this documentary producing this documentary talking with producers performers so on and so forth it so that that investigation has led to the production of three, uh, it's a documentary miniseries. So three individual episodes addressing some of the key issues happening in pornography. So the, the campaign that we're launching next week alongside of the documentary is called End Teen Porn. And end, end Teen Porn. Exactly. And essentially what has happened is that the porn industry has created this genre called barely legal pornography. It is essentially taking 18 year old girls, 19 year old girls and dressing them up like they're 10 years old and causing them to play the role of somebody who's like a prepubescent teen. Oh man. Well, this genre is the most searched popular genre in pornography of all time. And, um, and so we felt like it was really important for us to address that for a few reasons. One, they are they are glorifying what is essentially you know child sex as something erotic and pedophilia. Yeah. They are then on the other hand they are fueling pedophile appetites, and um, and so we felt like it was really important to address this this genre. The third thing is that they are uh, recruiting 
and taking advantage of people who are at a really vulnerable transitional period of life. When, when people hit 18 years old, you know, they're, they're in a point of transition in life. Yeah. They're taking on responsive, more responsibility for the first time, but they still don't know who they are, what they're doing with their life for the most part. And, um, and they're at a vulnerable stage in life. Also, the frontal cortex of our brain, which is the judgment center of our brain, isn't even fully developed until we're in our mid to late 20s. Right. So the, the fact that we've created this genre that is glorifying, normalizing, and promoting the idea of sex with a child um, as something sexy and erotic is just horrific to me. The fact that it's being made with you know, largely teenagers who had a vulnerable stages of life is also such an injustice because the, them appearing in these videos for so many of them just ruins, it just destroys their whole life. Those images aren't are out there. Um, and, um, and then, you know, because this is feeling pedophile. So we, so we are uh, advancing a campaign that is seeking to raise the age of consent for entry into pornography from 18 to 21 years old. Right. And that would essentially abolish the entire genre of teen pornography. So we uh, launched this campaign next week in conjunction with our film release. And we just believe that this is a really key moment to address something that just hasn't been addressed. And for whatever reason, and again, it's a similar situation to Pornhub where, where it was so obvious, you know, what, what was going on and, and what needed to happen. And, um, and so our efforts to address that have become a part of creating a substantial change. And, um, and we believe that we are now embarking on this, this new campaign in a way that's going to bring about a similar change and a similar impact. Wow. So you are, I'm just blown away. I mean, I've got daughters, I've got a son, I've, I'm naive to so much that has been going on. So what you're doing is you are bringing to the forefront some of the sad and immoral things going on in our culture that silence and even my silence has enabled this and my ignorance and so it, it's you're bringing that and it's like now i've got no excuse what will i do with this information and then you're giving a pathway to people to engage and do something about it so i think this is amazing uh, people can jump on they can see that where where will that be like where do i find that if i want to watch that and then get engaged what like super practical what, what do i what could i do i'm like man this is not okay i want to do something uh, wonder where do I watch it and how do I help this actually this campaign or cause accelerate that's yeah that's great um people can check out our website exoduscry.com or if you're on social media uh you can follow us on instagram uh handle at exoduscry um we will have a number of calls to action that we will be inviting people to. Um, one would be just simply signing the petition that we release. Um, this film will be available for free on our Magic Lantern Pictures YouTube channel. So people can check out our, our YouTube channel online where we release movies for free. Um, and it's just Magic Lantern Pictures on YouTube. Um, you know, the, the work 
of, of addressing commercial sexual exploitation, sex trafficking, the exploitation going on in porn is, is a full-time endeavor for us. We operate as a nonprofit organization. So we you know, welcome the financial partnership of individuals that would like to impact the world, leave a legacy on this side of things. Um, we welcome their partnership to help empower us on the front lines while we're tackling these, these key uh, real world injustices. So thank you for making it easier for us to do that. And I appreciate that you're doing this. Let's change tact a bit. And if everybody you watch this, we'll post the link below, exoduscry.com, uh, the Magic Lantern YouTube channel, uh, you also the Instagram channel. You can see that there. We'll post those links in the notes below. And I encourage you, personally engage. I've walked with Benji. What they're doing is legitimate. It's real. It's authentic. and they're getting significant results, like world-changing results, not just the cliche. It's actually making a difference. So it's a great investment. So Benji, how, if, there's a bunch of people that are like just being woken up to, I had no idea. I've got a good job. I've got kids. My family's safe. I'm in a comfortable environment. It's in a, a particular community that's pretty, you know, mostly safe. And I'm being awoken to, oh my, oh my gosh, uh, how how did a simple film arts guy go to be leading an organization that is is ridding the world of sexual exploitation? Yeah, I, I, it's it's such an unlikely story, uh, and you know, I felt like when I first discovered this issue of human trafficking that it was for me like my burning bush encounter it's almost indescribable um what took place as i began to to discover this issue but but yeah i've just been carrying this burden and uh to address this issue it started you know naturally and organically as a filmmaker with with traveling the world and investigating this subject matter and filming a documentary about it i traveled to 19 countries on four continents 42 cities documenting the rise of this global phenomenon of sex trafficking. And um, during that time, I was, I was getting my own seminary degree, so to speak. I was getting my own PhD in, in understanding sex trafficking and how to combat it. And so it was during that time that we began to develop our, our initiatives and focus on combating this issue. And then, when, and then when my first documentary, Nefarious Merchant of Souls, came out in 2011, it it really uh, just took hold and and had a grassroots kind of like viral um, exposure to the world. It put us in connection with governments around the world. We received consultative status at the United Nations and have wow. been multiple times to the United Nations to to speak and address world leaders of, about this issue. It, it put us in touch with with survivors. It put us in touch with um, other. Uh, uh, organizations and other filmmakers. And so we've built this, this global network of individuals to work together to address the, the system of exploitation that is, is happening in our world and, and really taking advantage of and exploiting and destroying the lives of our most vulnerable. Yeah. And, um, and so I think, yeah, I think the, the film piece is just a huge component 
um, because our world are, is, is a result of the stories that we tell and yeah. stories that socialize us into the, the construction of our identity, worldview, values, and all those things. And for a long time now, those stories have really been handed over to large corporate entities that don't have our best interest in mind. They are profit driven. So we're trying to tell stories from a different perspective that are values driven. We're not trying to enrich ourselves. We're not trying to make a bunch of money off these. We're giving these things away. We're, we, are, we are trying to uh, tell important stories to help make the world a better place and particularly a, a safer place for our children to grow up in. So, so thank you. There's, there was a journey from that, you know, you're pursuing this film production, journal, journalism, documentary channel, and then you, you become across this and it kind of grips you. You feel like this mandate, just like Wilberforce had this mandate to this is not okay. There were obviously some choices at that point because were you naive to think how significant and ruthless this situation is? I mean, I don't know if you have threats on your life um, because when you're sabotaging someone's significant income stream, they can do things that aren't very nice. Um, you, like This is human terrorism, exploiting people, and it's funded. It just is crazy. And it's right under our noses. What were some of the challenges that you had to personally overcome to actually go down this journey? Or were you naive and like skipping along thinking, oh, this can be amazing. We're going to film this and everybody's going to agree. It's definitely a step-by-step -step process of entering into the, the fray of, of this battle. I, I don't think that, that I assumed initially anything more of myself that that I could offer than what we were doing at the time which was just trying to learn um, about the problem and and to capture what we were learning on film to help you know raise awareness help educate others so uh, but I would say that yeah from the outset you know it was um, it was a, a difficult situation to penetrate trafficking rings, um, parts of the world that are under significant influence from organized crime. Um, there's a lot of uh, dangerous elements to the world of trafficking and, and people who are financially vested in that. And, um, and so, um, and then, you know, addressing the subject of pornography, it's not just the, the porn companies, but it's the porn industry shills uh, that are defending this as something, you know, beneficial to our world as something, as I said before, sexually liberating, empowering. So it's been, every, we faced everything from attempted cancellations by um, far left outlets, uh, tons of hit pieces, um, death threats, uh, you know, I just, there's, there's a whole uh, set of, of challenges. The, the way I think about it is that, um, systems of oppression always resist movements of freedom. And, um, and so I believe that right now with Exodus Cry, we are part of a move of freedom that is trying to um, expose the evil injustice going on, our, on in our world that is attempting to open prison doors, set captives free, heal the brokenhearted. And, um, and those who, the malevolent forces of, of injustice, 
that are invested in the perpetuation of the status quo of these things are, are not going to, you know, go silently. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a very intense battle for sure. So for somebody else saying, I'm, I want to step in and engage and make a difference and make the world a better place. What, if you could just give us a couple of points, if I, I want to say, I want to, I, one, I can write a check out. Like that's, that's the easiest thing in the planet to do. And I encourage everybody to do that. But if I want to engage and maybe it's in this cause, maybe it's in something else. Uh, what are some practical, real practical keys? I'm going to engage in seeking the well-being of my community, uh, whether that's fighting injustice, uh, whatever level of that is. What are some real practical keys that, if you were speaking to yourself to advise yourself in that journey, what would you say? I think there's a couple of different tiers of engagement. So there are those who, as they learn about this issue, will be activated into directing their whole life towards addressing this problem. There are those who are called at a career level calling to address this. And for those people, there are lots of ways to be involved. I mean, just at Exodus Cry, you know, for example, we have marketing people, we have accountants, we have um, filmmakers, we have um, people working directly with the women. So there's there's a whole set of yeah. types of people that can be involved in this. For the person, the average person who you know has maybe a family, a business that they're running, other things going on in their life, I still think there are on ramps to be involved in this to help make a difference. Um, some of the key areas are um, first through the area of awareness. I think we can all be a part of using our voice to help make a difference. Um, Exodus Cry, we're putting out so many tools and resources and messaging that as people connect in with us on Instagram, we, we're offering plenty of things that people can just share. Um, we're not asking anyone to recreate the wheel. We've, yeah. we've done enough that we can put in people's hands to help affect their sphere of influence. Um, people can uh, even you know, hold a, a small group meeting at their house to maybe screen one of our documentaries like Nefarious to say, hey, this is really what's going on in the world and let's talk about what we can do in our community here to help bring an end to this. People can be engaged in the way of prayer. I really believe that uh, this is first and foremost, a spiritual issue. And so we really invite people to pray alongside of us in addressing this issue. Um, so there's the awareness piece, there's the prayer piece. Um, and then, you know, again, looking to how can I deploy my resources to empower the frontline efforts of organizations that are having an impact in real time and space on the ground, boots on the ground. And, um, and that's, again, where we would just, you know, welcome a partnership with anybody who would be interested in deploying their resources to help make a difference. And, you know, we, we welcome um, conversation around that and, and strategic partnership and investment to um, address, you know, the, the, the critical injustice that's, uh, that's holding our planet, planet hostage in so many ways right now. Yeah. And so key thing, go to exoduscry.com and you, and you, there's, from the career to the uh, career to the awareness to the prayer, like those three little things there, um, and then just straight out funding this. Uh, you can do that, all of that. You can find more out there. Um, on the other side of this, Benji, when someone is engaging in something that is uh, ridding the world of evil, is what I would say, just straight out. Uh, there's a 
there's people that are doing that. What what's a practical key to stay healthy, whole, and do this over time, not burn out? Just again in that great cause. I know William Wilberforce was surrounded by uh, his circle, his Clapham circle, people that they encouraged and empowered one another to actually keep going when 46 years is a long time. Like you've dedicated your life to this. What's what's a practical key in, in, in actually going the distance, seeing the victory, uh, which you've already accomplished so much? How do you stay strong, healthy, and whole in that process? Yeah, perseverance is such a big factor when it comes to this work. I mean, it's it's highly polarizing work. We're coming up against a behemoth of injustice and, and darkness and perversion. And so the, the kind of inadvertent effect of that on you can be very polarizing. It can cause some people to run in despair and defeat and hopelessness and cause others to polarize it to becoming hypervigilant and controlling and um, and so I've seen it, you know, I've seen many people burn out in this space. I've had my own struggles. And I think there's a few things that, that help kind of nurture our spirit as we engage in a battle that, that this, that's this intense, first and foremost, um, you know, for me, like taking an example uh, from Wilberforce, he said, you know, above all things, do not neglect God in the secret place of prayer. So I think there's, there's a real spiritually nourishing aspect of this is realizing that, you know, we're not alone in this battle that, um, that to, to, um, receive that, that life that comes from an invigorated spirituality. And, um, and so that's a huge part of it in being in community. We're blessed at Exodus cry to have such an incredible team of people who are such quality individuals all working together. And so I think we find a lot of solidarity and, um, and strength and encouragement from doing this together, um, resourcing, you know, myself, others on our team who need it in different seasons, the, the work of therapists yeah. to come alongside of us and help us process, you know, where there might be some emotional decongestion, where there might oh, be just a little, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, some vicarious trauma, you know, that, that we've experienced or, um, or, you know, there's so many things that, that go on, uh, when, when you're fighting something that's, that's this intense. And so the role of therapists has been huge. Um, and then I think just generally having life balance, you know, and finding those things in life that help you to naturally decompress and, and fill up, um, fill yourself up with, with goodness, with love, with a sense of, of purpose, meaning groundedness, um, so it could be exercise, it could be going out, you know, surfing, it could be um, taking a vacation, you know, if you need to get your mind off of it for a moment, going out fishing. So I've, I've found some things for me that help to restore my soul, so to speak, at moments where I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed by the darkness, or I'm feeling the intensity of the battle, there's been a relational conflict, and I'm kind of falling apart, you know, and, um, but also just normalizing the struggle, like that, you know, even with all those things said, like there are going to be seasons of struggle. There's a reason why David said, you know, a, a, about God as a shepherd, that he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, that's a reality in life at times and seasons where it just feels like you're going through this, this valley of death. And so if you're scandalized by that, it's a much difficult thing 
to to go through yeah like yeah. oh my god i can't you know and instead of well this is part of the reality of life that we're going to go through really difficult seasons and in that place we can still trust god and the people that he's placed around us and um and the community of support that you know we're walking this out with and so you've been a huge part of that for me here recently and i'm so grateful for that um your extended network as well has been very supportive of me and um yeah i think that those things are are keys of of walking this out over the long run yeah and i love that so i mean you identified number one is is keep your spiritual anchor in place uh keeping that priority because that was what fueled this in the first place and that's what's going to fuel it over time so protecting that priority uh you secondly said your community, whether that's your your team in the in the office, or you surrounded yourself with champions. So especially when I'm I'm working with a really challenging group of individuals uh, on from the exploitation side to the victim side to the passive side, like the whole, you, you, I've got to have around me some champions that I can run with. Then resourcing uh, the therapists, the counselors, the coaches the encouragers, the pastors, the people that can actually champion you specifically and keep you going. And then the fourth one you said is this understanding balance. Um, well, you, you five. One is the balance of uh, do some fun, have something so that if you're intensely on assignment in a battlefield the entire time, nobody can sustain that. You're not, nobody's set up to do that. I've got to have some outlet valves, fishing, hiking, running, something in nature resets us. And then finally, uh, and then there's the last one, number five, was actually, it's okay. Um, we walk through the shadow of death. Don't freak out that you're walking through a shadow that, of, of death, of despair. It's actually normal. It's part of life. So if I pretend it's not happening, if I pretend it's not difficult, that's the problem. There's actually help for you in the middle of it. It's part of life. It's messy. So in all of that, this has been incredibly valuable, incredibly helpful. I'm super encouraged by the work that you're doing and the results and how uh, somebody who's a, a seemingly simple film producing journalist can actually be a part of an organization that's now shifting the narrative globally. And I thank you for that. For those of you listening and watching, please, please, please jump on to exoduscry.com. Uh, check out that content. Uh, make sure that you donate. Uh, there's resources there. It's a great use of your funds and protects your children and your children's children. So thank you so much, Benji. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Okay, hitting stop now.